Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 thegamecom It's Sam and Greg. Yep, on this Saturday morning, it's the 17th day of June. Good morning. Morning, Georgia. Morning. And a good morning to you folks in North Druid Hills area. That's my old stomping ground. Okay. Right off okay. 85 there. We'll okay. talk about that later on because we have a guest. Yeah, we do. And we have a, we are here on this Saturday morning, the beginning of a long holiday weekend. Lots of things going on around this city. And uh, we want to welcome our guest on here. I want to talk to him about this, this picture he's got up on the website. We're going to welcome Brad Lewis on here. He's the Juneteenth Atlanta board chairman and co-executive producer. And when you go to their website and you see the picture of the uh, the board, he is there in a beautiful suit, got the bow tie on, but he got a youngster with him. And the youngster's looking smooth. He got a fedora. Who is that youngster, <laughs> Brad? And first of all, good morning, and thank good you morning. for joining us. Good morning to you as well. Hey, great, great, great to be joining you guys today. Who, who is that young man in that picture with you with the fedora on? That's my son. That's my son. Wow. Wow. He's looking yeah. cute, too, ain't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks like his dad. <laughs> yeah, he does. Minus the beard. Yeah. <laughs> right, minus the beard, definitely. <laughs> it is that time. It is that. Uh, and things really got started yesterday uh, down at Centennial Olympic Park. A lot of work has gone into the preparation for this event. And talk a little bit about what people will get to experience if they make it uh, into downtown today and tomorrow. Yeah, well, hopefully they do make it, you know. Make, make, make it, make it. So, Mark your schedule, mark your calendar, make it down to Centennial Olympic Park. What can they expect? I mean, they can expect one gigantic family reunion, right? It's a huge, huge, huge opportunity for people to come out, meet people that you haven't seen in a while, meet some new people, commemorate Juneteenth. You know, this is America's newest holiday, so we definitely want you to commemorate it for our ancestors. So definitely, 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 by all means. Freedom is what Juneteenth is about, liberation for all people everywhere all the time. Regardless of whether your race, creed, or color, liberation and freedom is something that everybody deserves. Brad Lewis again joining Sam and Greg Sports Radio, 929 the game, 929thegame.com. I was thinking about this, Sam, and I say this to you, Brad, too. I was I was trying to come up with a word that is should be connected with this as this celebration and this holiday has taken off. Rightfully so. It took a minute to, to get some traction, but it is where it is right now. And the word that kept coming to my mind was awareness. And 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 have it just permeate throughout the country. But when you think of the awareness that this celebration has garnered over the last few years, do you go back to 2012, its first year, and look at the growth, Brad? And, and as you stand there in Centennial Park today, thinking about those days back at the Georgia International Convention Center or Perkinson Park or, or Mosley Park, those, those, those times and where you are right now, 
kind of pride does that fill you with? It, man, it's really surreal, right? You know, it's like you watch yourself grow up. And uh, 11 years has passed since those days. Um, we've continued to network. Uh, Bob Johnson, the founder of Juneteenth Atlanta Parade and Music Festival, it's been magnificent to work with him. We've been working together since the very beginning. And um, to see not just Juneteenth grow, but our friendship and our partnership growing as well. I mean, I think you can't ask for a better combination when you start looking at the impact that Juneteenth has had. But when we started, you know, we were really educating people about Juneteenth. You know, um, African-American people, you know, a lot of them knew about Cinco de Mayo. They know about St. Patrick's Day. You know, they know about everything but <laughs> Juneteenth. That's what I'm saying, awareness. So in that, right, awareness. So we spent the first seven, eight years just making people aware of it. For me, it really wasn't a, a big deal because I grew up in Houston, Texas, right? Mm -hmm. And Texas, Galveston is like 20, 30 minutes from me. So we we grew up celebrating Juneteenth, you know, ever since I was small. But to come to other places and they not be aware of it or just pockets of people become aware of it, to see where it is today is really amazing. It is, folks. Spending time on the waitforit.com outline with Brad Lewis, Juneteenth Atlanta board chair and co-executive producer of so much is going on, Atlanta Parade and, and Music Festival. Uh, what's the lineup today? The parade is today, right? Man, I'm at the parade right now. We've been up all night planning, promoting, pushing, organizing, and uh, we were out making certain the barriers were barricades were in place for the parade. So it's been nonstop. It's going to be phenomenal. People are showing up already. I see a guy with a clown suit on, and I see a lot of cars pulling up, some floats. So it's going to be amazing, man. I mean, we have so many things. We have a, some groups from the Caribbean. We have some Capoeira. We have some people on roller skates. We have some, what are those, slingshots? Cars. Yeah, we have <laughs> amazing floats, and we also have Luke Oster Jr., who's going to be the grand marshal for the parade. So Whoa. I'm excited about all of that. Man. Uh, oh, Luke. Okay. All right, now. Yeah. That's fantastic. Uh, now, now, of course, ahead. when I think about something like this, a gathering, uh, you cause me like a family reunion. I'm thinking about food. And I, I, yeah. know, I know y'all going, why are you laughing, man? Because the way you said it with emphasis on the F, yeah, if, on if, food. If, I think about food, <laughs> and, and I know <laughs> – What's wrong? Why is that funny? Go ahead, man. Talk to the man. Okay, all right, all right. So let's, let's talk about this food. I know the vendors are going to be there, and it's going to be some remarkable things to, uh, you know, to enjoy. Yeah, man. So many vendors. I mean, every time I pass through the vendor's court, it's like my stomach is just growling with all the fine cuisine that they have there. We have people serving food from Nigeria. We have people from uh, Senegalese food. We have. Chinese food, you know what I mean? We have American food. We have so many different types of food, Ethiopian. So Caribbean, Jamaican, it, it's really just a smorgasbord of, of what culture is, right? And, and the thing about it is when we kind of circle it all together, culture, food, all of those things are things that liberate people or bring people together. And that's really what Juneteenth is about. We want to really work on those foundations, you know, of culture, freedom, and all of that to make certain that this 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 commemoration is never lost. See, I'm, I'm thinking about how I can do this, Sam, because, see, I want to go get me some patties. 
I want to get me some conch fritters, some patties, and some some <laughs> right. You think I'm lying? You're right down Bay Street, Nassau. I would be there every Saturday, Tuesday when I was on the cruise ship. Yeah. So I got a feeling there's some Bahamian cooks out there Probably with so. one of the, oh, yeah. yeah. So I want to get me some 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 fritters. I want to get me some patties and some mac and cheese, and I'll be good to go. Problem is, I got to find a place to park because <laughs> I want to take it to go. <laughs> but I want to get some down there. Let me ask you a question, Brad. As far as your relationship as this event has grown throughout the years, talk about your relationship as it grown with the city and how they have embraced it and helped you put this on every year. Yeah, I mean, it, the city has always been supportive of us. You know, Fulton County as well, uh, Sheriff's Department, uh, Sheriff's Office. I mean, everybody is, is, is beginning to embrace it. I mean, some of them started embracing it years ago. Um, the city, when uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms was mayor, you know, we had a proclamation from her that Juneteenth Atlanta Parade and Music Festival, the official Juneteenth celebration for the city of Atlanta. You know, after that, city council has kind of continued that notion and idea. And I would say, you know, we really are, you know, the official Juneteenth celebration of Atlanta because when a lot of people were not even thinking about it, you know, and it wasn't popular, people really wasn't paying attention to it. And now that 11 years later that it's a holiday, you know, there are some opportunities out there, and we want everybody to commemorate it. But sometimes it gets to a point to where, you know, it's it's leaning more towards a marketing ploy. And um, to us, it is what it is, but we really want to keep that core, and that is, you know, how you celebrate and commemorate, respect those things that our ancestors and all people have gone through and how we all chose to get through it. And I think that's the phenomenal thing about Juneteenth. I have an idea. Go ahead. I, I have an idea. Go Talking ahead. to Brad Lewis, the uh, Juneteenth Atlanta board chairman and co-executive producer. Um, you know how every year, and you, especially if you're in college, cities, locations in Florida promote themselves for college students when spring break is coming Destination. up, right? Yeah. All right. You need – I'm going to suggest – that the people connected with Juneteenth here in Atlanta, here in Georgia, that acknowledge themselves as the biggest one, y'all need to promote yourself around the country other than places in Georgia. Because I'm telling you what, as everybody has traveled, this they're talking about this being the biggest weekend as far as traveling next to that Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So you got a lot of folks leaving this city, but you also got a lot of people coming to this city. So if people in Chicago, because I'm telling you I grew up there, I didn't hear about this that much when I was growing up. Maybe now, but the cities that are now aware of it, and as far as traveling this particular weekend, making Atlanta a location to come and be a part of this, my advertising would be in every city other than Atlanta, especially those up north. Because what I heard when I was growing up, when the summer hit, you know what was going on around Maywood and the west side of Chicago? My, my family, we get in the car, we going down south. That's what it was. Yeah. We, we going down yeah. south. Yeah. And this could be one of those destinations. That's just my thought. I'm adding my little contribution to Juneteenth. No, it, as far it, it, as advertising. it already is. No, yeah. it already is. And I mean, we have people from all over. I mean, we've had people from all over for years. You know, now mm-hmm. we have people from the continent of Africa coming. We there have, you go. You know, people from Gambia that are here. We have some people, some people from Senegal that are here. And these are not just, you know, laymen, these are dignitaries, families. You know, people that want to see what this is. And the goal is not to just, again, it's about freedom and liberation. So that extends borders, that extends race, that extends color, it it extends all of that. You know, it it supersedes the notion that we all should be divided based on something. So when we start talking about how we promote Juneteenth, that is how we promote Juneteenth. I mean, obviously, Georgia is a space for us. The Southeast is a space for us. But our eyes are set on the global aspect 
of how do you unify people that 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 at one point was torn apart. And when we start that process, we'll figure out how we get to that. And then once you start identifying and, and, and sharing those kind of secrets and those nuggets, then it makes it gives it a better climate for everybody to unify. So I'm excited about that process and uh, looking forward to continuing to do Juneteenth year after year after year and spreading it across the world. It's at Centennial Olympic Park here in downtown Atlanta today. And you name it, they have it live music. Going to have great handmade merchandise from local international vendors Great food. We always, always ask yeah. about that, along with arts uh, and crafts and so many things that, that are interactive, uh, things for you to enjoy. The parade is going to kick off there. And then we got a, we got a, what, got a 5K coming up. Now, when is that? And who can go out and run in that? Yeah, that's, Saturday, that's Sunday. That's Sunday. Anybody can come out, run, walk, crawl, roll, <laughs> skip, whatever you can do. What time is yeah, that going to start? Yeah, yeah. What, time, what time is that starting? That starts at 9 a.m. on Sunday at Centennial Olympic Park. Anything special along with the event itself, but any kind of Father's Day, little something, something that you got on the side there working for t- for Sunday? Yeah, yeah, I mean, we had the biggest Father's Day celebration in my mind and heart in 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 the in the city. You know what I mean? And I think in Georgia, I mean, we we celebrated, and this is something that you know Bob Johnson, the founder of Juneteenth, we talk about all the time, and and it's commemor on Father's Day, it's commemorating fathers in the past fathers in the present, and future fathers, right? So we do our best to, to, to celebrate all of those aspects of fatherhood. And, and the unfortunate part about it was, you know, with African-Americans or Africans in America, you know, that was a time where it, you couldn't be a father, you know, based on a climate and a certain condition and, and policies and protocols that people had that tend to try to separate the father from the children or from the mother. So in that, once we're aware of that, then we can heal those spaces and then we can move forward with being able to celebrate and commemorate, again, fatherhood just at its base and core level. And we're excited, again, to, to be able to assist with that process. Did you hear how you said that to me when I had my father's day? He said that with a little attitude, like I should have known this was the biggest one going. Yeah, he just put me in my place. I'm going to shut up. Brad, we appreciate, we appreciate Brad joining us this morning. And thanks yes, so much for, for coming on with us. I know it's a busy, busy day. And it's been a busy uh, few weeks leading up to this time. You got everything in place uh, just right. You want people to come down to enjoy the Juneteenth Atlanta Parade and Music Festival going on at Centennial Olympic Park right in downtown Atlanta. Um, that's, that's one more thing I have to say. Yep. Because the parade is is a sight to see just by itself. But the fact that we've had the chance to partner with Cisco uh, the last two years has kind of taken it to another level. And I just say, I wanted to say that, and I'm not okay. going to unpack it all the way, but, you know, we've been doing this for a long time and a lot of corporations may not have been ready to embrace Juneteenth prior to it becoming a national holiday. Right. Um, but at some point, you know, Cisco decided to say that, Hey, this is something that's worth us putting, you know, some time, energy and effort behind. And they made that determination. And I'm not, I'm not going to hate on all of our corporations in Atlanta, but you had an opportunity to assist yeah. with the process and had the first to say, hey, this is homegrown. This is a grassroots organization. We will embrace this. You had an opportunity to do that, and you still do. But I just wanted to you know, acknowledge Cisco for having the courage to be able to step forward and embrace you know, the diversity, so to speak, and, and not, the, not the coin diversity inclusion that everybody talks about now, but the idea that that diversity wins 
when those people who are, are choosing to be diverse are skilled at what they do, they're compassionate about what they do, they're mm-hmm. excited about that, what they do, and that they're always wanting to be harmonious at every aspect of their life. So I want to thank them for that. Listen, I picked up on what Brad just did. Yeah. Brad, Brad, did you play sports coming up? Yes, I did. Yeah, see, you know what that sounded like, what yeah. he just said? Right. That sounded like a dude who got passed over by Duke and North Carolina <laughs> and all them schools. That didn't, they didn't draft him. And yeah. now he got some people that got him. And he goes, I'm gonna, when I get to the league, I'm going to remind y'all that you should have. Yeah. That's what that sounded yeah. like to me as he talks well, to us on this sports station. <laughs> that's what Michael Jordan did, right? Yeah, yep, he did. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And, and yeah. by the way, he he just left the sport with $3 billion in his pocket. So, hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just saying, hey, congratulations to him. There Absolutely. You go. So shout out to Cisco. I know some good folks that, that work out there for them, so shout out for them being involved with Juneteenth Atlanta. That's coming up today, folks. And tomorrow, come downtown and enjoy everything that's been prepared for you. And thanks so much, Brad. Thanks, thanks so much for spending thank some you, time with us this morning. Man, thank y'all. Y'all are so great, brother, man. I appreciate y'all. All right, now. All right. Everybody have himself a big time today. You know, he's had some fun with him. Yeah, man. Yeah. Brad, uh, Brad Lewis, Juneteenth. Atlanta board chairman and co-executive producer. Just get online. Just go to Juneteenth Atlanta and get to the website and see everything that is going on. Because we ain't got time to go through everything. Yeah, but there's so much much happening over there, right? All right. uh, Coming up, going to let you know about some money flying through the year. Yes, there are some productions being shot and a need for extras. So there you can get in front of the camera, but also behind the camera, too. We'll talk about that. But up next, Miles Garrett. I haven't talked to Miles in a minute. He's been that? covering the Braves. going to let us know what his thoughts are as far as, well, they didn't get the sweep up in Detroit, but they're back home, and things are all right with them. Hey, looking good. Things looking are, good. Things are doing pretty good. That's yeah. up next. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com on this Saturday morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you for letting us be a part of your Saturday morning. All right, we ain't talked to this guy in a minute, and he's bouncing around. We're either talking to him about the Falcons, we're talking to him about the Hawks. Uh, I don't know, he might even cover a little bit of the – actually, I said the Hawks, right? I meant the Braves. Well, maybe he covers the Hawks, too. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. If Miles. They play, if they're playing in town, he's going to show up. Yeah. Miles, good morning, sir. Miles Gary. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're doing fine, man. You all right? We didn't wake you up, did we? No, not at all. Okay. Beautiful Saturday morning. Okay. Were you out there last night at the game? I was not there last night, but uh, I'll be back there pretty soon in these next couple weeks. Uh, it is June 17th. As you look at this Braves team right now, how are you feeling about them overall? Prospects of playoffs, a deep run into the playoffs. Figure that's the chip is there as everybody stays healthy. Where where are you with this team right now? Greg, I think this is one of the more special seasons I've seen from the Atlanta Braves because here we are, like you said, June seventeenth. We have not seen this team at full strength at one point yet. And yet they have the best record in the National League. They seem to just will wins out of nowhere. I think that was most evident in the uh the Mets series. 
And like I said, that's the biggest thing. They don't, they haven't been at full strength, and they have obviously the front runner for the MVP and Ronald Acuna Jr. playing out of his mind right now. So I feel great about this team, just where we are. I know it's still relatively early in mid June right now, but I don't think you could ask for a better position that this Braves team could be in right now. Spend the time on the WaitForIt.com hotline with Miles Garrett. And he is social. You can always find him on Twitter at Miles Garrett TV. At Miles Garrett TV. Last night, Travis Darno was putting on this power display. And think about the fact of the time that he missed, the time that he missed for this team. Plugging him back into this lineup in, in, a, in a reductive night last night is a reminder of what this guy can bring for the table for you every day when you get him in the lineup. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think the home run he hit last night was the farthest hit home run by any player yeah. this season. I think that home run, the first one he hit, went all the way up in that Home Depot box. I think but, he said 470. Yeah. Is that possible? 474. Yeah. I, I think it just might be. And what's crazy is he's currently the backup catcher right now because Sean Murphy is right up there in the MVP race with Ronald Acuna Jr. I think he's the top vote getter as an all-star for the catcher position. So when you have that as your backup, I remember early in this season or before the season started, rather, when there was some questions about, you know, was it the right move? Because it was, oh, did the Braves have two catchers already who were pretty good? It seems like that was the right move because now it looks like you have two all-star caliber catchers. It's so an, it's, you can – No, go ahead, Miles. I'm sorry. What do you think, Greg? No, 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 no I, was, I, was I was just kind of putting a point on what you were saying is, and I was going to throw this out there, hyperbole or not. Can you say that there has never been a Braves team? And I'm trying to think of a team, period. Because Darno was an all-star last year, right? So back to back years, I, I think yes, with two mm-hmm. different guys, and they're on the same. Has there ever been a, a catcher combo that compares to what we're watching right now in Major League Baseball? I'm not talking one guy. I'm yeah. talking two. And you got back to back All Star games featuring these two guys. I've never seen that before. No, yeah, it's it's, it's something very unique. I mean, the, the only thing that it reminds me of is Brian McCann and Evan Gaddis back in the day when those two were on fire, when, when Evan Gaddis first got called up. But as far as currently in the Major League Baseball climate, I have no idea. I think this is very unique to the Braves. It's unique to the Braves. My thing is this, though, does it become something that other teams look at because of the DH? And I think that's what happened in the other, in the other situation with Gaddis. Now you got the DH, so you have a room – and they have a room to rotate one in if it's not starting behind the plate, still have that bat in your lineup every day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge, especially for the catchers, because as many people know, catcher is a position where I think those guys need a little bit more time off just because of the nature of the position being ducked behind the plate. Travis Darno, especially in a guy that has dealt with concussions and injuries in his past, it allows him to get a little bit more rest and be more fresh when he's up there at the plate. So I think it's a tremendous thing that the Braves have been able to work to get both of those guys in the lineup. I know some folks want to see, at least what I've seen on Twitter, Sean Murphy get more at-bats. You know, they don't like seeing him shuffled in and out of the lineup. But it hasn't proven to be a problem yet. So if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I'll tell you something else, and we haven't even talked about the importance of these two guys. And it's great because the, the, the offense is extra gravy. What you want for them or want them to do, is to be able to call those games during what you don't like right now, which is going on these bullpen games. Because they're going to get their arms back. The starter arms are coming back, which just, you know, is is beautiful when you have the catchers doing what they're doing. But right now, let's talk about how these guys are handling this pitching staff while those other guys are dinged up. That's the important part of what's going on right now, I believe. Yeah, it is, especially, like you were saying, with the shuffling of players. You know, you saw – 
a guy like Michael Soroka come in for just one game. You know, he comes up. Uh, Jared Schuster's been performing very well, a young guy, but Dylan Dodd's another guy that's been kind of shuffled in and out. So it's definitely been some new faces that they've had to adjust to and sort of get used to and kind of feel out, really, because some of these guys have, like you said, come in and out of Gwinnett. It's a bullpen game. You know, you have A.J. Minter going through his struggles, Kirby Yates, all those other guys who kind of haven't necessarily been as consistent as you want them to be. But like we were saying in the beginning, they're having these struggles, yet they are still winning. I think, obviously, that's a credit to what they've been able to do offensively. But, yeah, it, it, it certainly must be difficult as far as the catchers are concerned, having to get used to kind of hot and cold scenarios where you've got some pretty decent starters at the top end with I mean, Spencer Strider going through his struggles, but overall been a pretty solid pitcher this year. Uh, outside of that, yeah, there has been some shuffling, but they've somehow been able to overcome it. And as you just mentioned, once these guys are coming back, Max Freed, Kyle Wright, they're all going to be coming back soon. And who knows what moves are made at the deadline, too. That could happen. That could happen. We're we'll spending time talking with Miles Garrett uh, about the Braves uh, and, and things he's seen with this baseball team. And yeah, yeah, right. The young arms are making the most opportunity. But don't you think that's something that really kind of delights, you know, Ryan Snitka to see the competition between these young starters to get up there and basically try to earn that next start. And I think that's what we're seeing right now while we wait for those starters to return. And not bad. You know, you got something with Smith Shaw, uh, Shawber this week, uh, also having a great performance. And so it, I'm good with this right, right now until we get those guys back. I think they've shown a lot. Like you said, Schuster showed us something last night. Today we got Bryce Elder going, and he's been showing very well. Yeah, and I think, yeah, Bryce Elder's been another huge one. I mean, I, they're the two main starters for this team thus far, the, the, the most reliable pitchers, it seems, have been Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder. Charlie Morton has kind of been Charlie Morton as of late. You kind of know what you're going to get from Charlie Morton. But as far as the top two frontline starters, it's really been Strider and Elder. And now Schuster's coming in hard to sort of push for that and now you're seeing Jared Schuster like we saw last night he gave them his their third straight wins by game started by just rookie pitchers so it's just a testament to the depth this team has testament to what they have brewing in Gwinnett constantly I mean Michael Soroka again not not the best outing for that first time of him coming back but he had another great outing last night I think he just gave up one earned run in his start in Gwinnett so these are all guys who are just waiting in the wings and waiting to come back up. And, again, I said it at the very beginning, we have not seen the National League-leading Braves at full strength yet. So it's going to be a scary thing once all these guys are back and going at full swing. Uh, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Miles Garrett has joined us right now. I don't know actually how to pose this, but I want to get your thoughts on what you are thinking of, if anything, as you watch Major League Baseball this year with now the DH across the board. And, and I've heard reasons as to why we're seeing some of these anomalies, if you will. Tampa Bay, well, they've been pretty good overall, but, I mean, these guys got 51 wins already. Yeah. Uh, we're watching Minnesota. We're watching the Texas Rangers, perennial bottom-of-the-division teams now leading. And because across the board you got the DH happening, it's about not the three-run home or even the home run period. It's about small ball. It's about speed we're talking about, Sam, getting back into the game. My question to you is, on the National League side, it seems like Snitker's been the one who has made that adjustment best because they have been atop their division. But when you look at what's going on in the Central, the Cardinals, the Cubs, these guys are all looking up at the Brewers and the, and the Pirates. 
the Dodgers and the Giants are looking up at the Diamondbacks. Teams are make, uh, managers are making adjustments in a way that may be minuscule, but they are realizing, I'm not going to try and get that dude that's going to knock one into the next county. Let's get some speed back on this team. Let's adjust the, adjust the lineup. The, 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 the most productive part of this Atlanta Braves team are the bottom third. Yeah. So he's made the adjustments, and it couldn't be more successful. Miles, how do you like DH across the board and, and some of the things that you've noticed this uh, season so far? I know the traditionalists hate it, but I actually am a huge fan of the DH when it's, you know, when it was, was it last year that was it was first year? Yeah. Yeah. I do forget. Yeah. This, I believe yeah. last year was the first year of it, but I think it's been great. I mean, again, you don't even, even in the National League East, besides the Braves being in first place, you've got the Marlins right behind it. So, you know, you don't see the, the Mets, the Phillies, even the Nationals who were in a World Series a few years back. The Marlins are the ones who are blowing past them, perennial teams that have been at the bottom, like you said. So you have the Cardinals who are in last place, Diamondbacks now taking on the Dodgers. Who would have thought that? The Dodgers (laughs) have seemed invincible for years now. But going back to the original question, DH, yes, I think it does give more teams a chance. to. It's sort of that money ball mentality, right, where you can kind of look at analytics, position players, and put them in positions where you can gain runs, you can gain hits, and put guys in scoring position where – Maybe you weren't able to before. You can set up your one, two, three hitters with someone at the bottom of the lineup if you really want to. Because, again, you can put that DH wherever you want. But I think it strongly benefits other teams by just putting them in positions where you don't have to have that guaranteed out at the very end. And I think early in the season for the Braves, that really helped out. I think currently helped out a guy like Marcelo Zuna, who very much struggles defensively in the outfield but has suddenly turned back into that MVP candidate at the plate. So it greatly benefits teams, and uh, I hope to not see it go. I hope it's here to stay. Hmm. Fantastic. Did he say MVP candidate? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I did. say that, right? Big Bear. Watch out, watch out. What do you think about the schedule, the teams we talked about as we get ready to head to the break? Miles, you talk about the teams coming up for the Braves. They got Philly coming up, Cincinnati, Minnesota, Miami, Cleveland. Tampa Bay, they're, the next two or three weeks, they're going to be facing teams that are at the top of their division. So they're getting ready to go through a pretty challenging time. Yeah, and oddly enough, I'm not too concerned about it. It seems like the really bad teams they struggle with, and I have no idea why. When they play <laughs> the Oakland A's before they've gotten on this little streak of theirs, they they lost that series. I think that was the most successful series the A's had. And they'll, it, 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 I don't know what it is. I guess some teams just have this when they – it's a long season with baseball, so you never know what you're going to get on a certain day. But you play teams like that, and somehow you go through a weird stretch where you can't beat them. I'm glad that they're taking the Rockies to school right now as another last-place team. But it seemed like early in this season and sort of throughout the season, the Braves have had struggles against last-place or struggling teams. They seem to do very well against the really good ones. So I can't, in that regard – I'm not too uh, not too concerned with this upcoming slate. Well, listen, I can't I can't talk about the others. And we had um, was it Miles Simon on here last week? No, it was uh, it was uh, it was Sean Belizean from Detroit yeah. talking about hey, you guys get ready for that brave sweep up here when you come. And they didn't sweep <laughs> them, of course, but um, you know they got two out of three. Listen, I that that whole Oakland thing, I saw that one coming because they had the Philly game that night. They were playing their division team. They had. They had to get that Sunday night win on ESPN to at least, you know, split the series. It was a late game. They had to get on the flight, go out west. So that was the game for a team like Oakland to steal. And that's why I believe they got that one. 
The other ones I can't speak of. But that, that, <laughs> but that first game, you know, after you know, it's like catching an NBA team after you know that last game of a long road trip. But anyway, having said that, Miles, thank you as always, buddy. Appreciate you getting up and joining us, and we will be checking back with you as the season continues. Thanks a lot, Miles. Sounds like a plan, guys. Enjoy your Saturday. All right, buddy. Oh, you too. It's Miles Garrett talking about Braves. We have got uh, Jason Longshore going to fill us in on what's going on with Atlanta United coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. But up next, we'll tell you about some job opportunities in front of and behind the camera. And I have an ADR story. What is ADR? Well, you got to stick around and find out. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 92.9thegame, 92.9thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning, 17th day of June. Talked about this earlier in the show. If you want to see a 30 for 30 that talks about this particular day, yes, they actually made a 30 for 30 about this day. Max, I want to bring you in here. Hey, I want to ask you why you played that Simpsons theme, but also. Um, it was a TV dad. Oh, I'm saying that's Mr. That. Crenshaw's idea. Okay, well, gonna, well, tomorrow is Father's Day. This weekend, we just teasing. We, 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 yeah, teasing I didn't know tomorrow. we were doing it all weekend. I didn't yeah, get that memo. We're going to do yeah, yeah, TV Day. Got to okay, get with the program. <laughs> well, it's, it's not as if I'm a part of the show. I understand that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, I have a Simpsons connection, by the way. Did you know that? Uh-oh. Oh, dear. Literally I no went, idea. Literally went to school with Homer Simpson. What? Yep. Dan Castellaneta, Oak Park High School. He was years ahead of me, but... He he was, he went to Oak Park High. Have you have you, have you, oh, yeah, yeah. you ever met him? I was in my, my first year to get credits. He was like a senior when I was, you know, going in as a freshman. But I I did a couple. Um, he was the staff that was too. You know, in your high school, you got them folks that, of course, you never heard of them afterwards. But in his case, you did. But there were a couple people who were in drama, and did some plays and things like that. But they never really did anything with it. We had two people at our high school who you ended up knowing. That were in drama and they were big names. He was one of them, and the other was Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Wow! And if you don't know that name, yeah, that's Scarface's sister. Yeah, in the movie, uh, I think she was in January. Man, there's a couple movies. Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio, for a while, was that go-to actress. Mm-hmm. But they both went to, you know, they both went to Oak Park High. Yeah, um, now he's been on. His voice has been on more TV shows than ever, right? Because the, the Simpsons is the longest-running show yep. ever. Longest-running. Animated primetime show. I think it passed the Flintstones. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, anyway, 929thegame.com slash casting call. You're going to see what the list we put up last week. And there were a few jobs in front of the camera. And that's because I believe, I don't know why we were getting more, and I'll hopefully have a fresh one tomorrow for you. But the directors, um, they, they settled their possible strike. So, when that happened, there were projects that were written, but they had no director. Boom. Next thing you know, they're being shot. Yeah. So, again, you'll see Destination Casting has a couple needs up there. You'll see the one from Casting Taylor made might be done. I'm, like I said, we'll get some more up there. But here's what I suggested. For those of you looking for jobs in front of the camera, the, I have as you go through those first in front of the camera, then the jobs and how I walk you through finding jobs behind the camera, the link to the Georgia Department of Labor, the voiceover connections that I have for you there. I have the list of all, well, 90-plus percent of the extras 
casting directors. Okay. Make sure I get that right. And you just go to their social media pages where they will post different jobs. Everybody's sort of being creative right now. So a lot of these casting directors, if they don't have one of these projects that are now back up and running because they've got directors now, or for whatever the reason, they're doing game shows. They're doing videos, music videos, right. things like that, um, where they may need some talent. So I would recommend at this point go there and see if you can find um, some opportunities because there's no regularity of it. Like the ones that they did this week, some of them were pickups, and I'll get to that in just a second. Okay. You know, they needed to go do some reshoots and whatever. So, again, I will keep you up on what I can keep you up on. And some of these projects are being shot, and they don't need extras. Or they need them for a brief period of time. And it's happened, like, during the week between our shows. So by the time I would put it on there, it would be obsolete. So that's why I'm just sending you to all the casting directors and, and catch them when you can. Um, I had a pickup this week. Okay. I had uh, what is known as an ADR. Now, we've talked about that before, but for those of you who don't know, in the, in the business, there's a thing called an automated dialogue replacement, ADR. And that's basically where, for whatever the reason, you've done your scene and you might have misspoke or you didn't give a certain emphasis on this. But whatever the or you kind of did it soft and they didn't hear you. So they, or they need it soft. You were too loud. Various reasons as to why they will call you in to a particular studio in your city. And have you go re-record a certain scene. And what they, and this is exactly pretty much how it happens. They run the scene you're in, that they want that dialogue replaced. And so, Sam, I'm standing in the studio, and they've already put my... Now, I didn't... I, I don't know what my scene looks like, right? Because I'm waiting for the show to actually come out. Right, but now right. I can see how, I'm, how they've cut up this scene and edited it and how I'm appearing. A, I don't like how I look. <laughs> I never like how I look, but they but, but they're okay with it. Yeah, they're they ain't okay with it. it, but they ain't seen me since I lost all this weight. Yeah, because you know I've, I feel like you know reruns cousin in, in this scene, and it's a side shot. Like you never okay. want to have a side shot. Anyway, that's just me being a certain kind of way. But you're watching the scene, and you know when the line. And, and I had one line. That's it. And I'm not going to tell you what you get paid for that one line. All right, Dad, that's okay. Line. That's all I had to right. drive all the way to the other side of Decatur. I ain't driving all the way to the other side of Decatur unless it's worth it. And believe me, it was worth it. So I had this one line, and so they run the scene, and as they're approaching, you hear these three boop, boop, boop. And on the third boop, you read your line. And you have to time it with what you did. You know, you don't want to make this a karate movie, so you yeah. want to make sure it's yeah. lined up with yeah, your yeah, lips yeah. and everything. Right. So that's what I had to do, and I did it like three times. And then the guy had me ad-lib for something else, and I just gave him a bunch of stuff because he just says, can you talk, you know, uh, without the script? And I said, I do a radio show every week. I said, yeah. And he goes, all right, well, great. And, I, and I, so I did that. But it got me thinking about something that we have talked about before. And by the way, that was for episode four of Black Mafia Family. And I haven't talked about this that much. I don't, do I do a good enough job without being obnoxious with the roles that I get? I mention them once in a while, and I yeah, don't say anything. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you guys got to tell me if I get obnoxious because I don't want to do. I don't want to be that dude, especially if I'm not famous enough to even talk oh. about it. I'm just little day player stuff here and there. But I'm in episode four and six of season three of Black Mafia Family. Okay, and all I will say is that I play a judge. I'll leave it at that. Okay. They got you in a robe and everything. No, 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 no. And what? this show, remember, takes place in Detroit in the nineties. Okay, and so the I'm, judges didn't wear robes. I'm I'm not in a scene where I'm, you know, in court. I'm just I'm a judge 
and and it'll all make sense when you see me, see the scene. But we've talked about ADRs right before, right, right. and this this has been a part of show business for a while. And every time I think of one, I go to this area. And Max, I'm gonna bring you in on this. You've seen the movie The Godfather, right? Yeah, classic movie. Yeah, it's been a while, but yeah. One of the most egregious missteps in ADR happens in that movie, and there are two parts of The Godfather that let you believe that the the the, the word about Francis Ford Coppola being put on the hot seat and possibly losing his job couldn't be more evident than him not going and reshooting a couple of these scenes. It just seemed like he shot it, he had to keep moving on. Because if you heard the stories, they were under a lot of pressure to get things done. Mm. This, the people who were at Paramount thought that this movie talked too much. right? It, was, it wasn't enough violence, and he had to con- continue to convince them, this is a story about a family. This is not a shoot 'em up yeah. movie at the end of the day. So... I would believe that most directors would go back and reshoot some of these scenes, but there were two of them. And the ADR scene I'm talking about is there was a pickup for the scene where Michael goes to Las Vegas. I can't play it on the air, otherwise I'd play it for you. Michael goes to Vegas. He's, our, he's taking over for the old man at this point, right? And he's going to see Mo Green, right? And Fredo's got the girls in there, and he says, get rid of the girls. And Alex Rocco, who plays Mo Green, comes in, and Michael says, hey, is my money good enough to buy you out? You, go, you all know that scene, right? And Mo Green gets worked up because he can't believe that Michael's coming in here. And you don't have the Coleone family doesn't have that anymore. And he says this line. He says, the Coleone family ain't even strong like that anymore. I talked to Bozzini. Right? That line is noticeably different than the rest of his dialogue. So go back and look at that scene again. And when he says to Michael, I talked to Barzini. Yeah. It's like he recorded it two days after he did that scene. And they didn't have advanced audio then. Now, I think a Francis Ford Coppola movie now would have Alex Rocco come back in and re-record that scene. But for whatever reason, the way they did it back then, it's noticeably different. The other thing is the scene where Sonny beats up Carlo. He had heard he smacked around. This is the first time. Yeah. And he drives to the neighborhood where Carlo is. Carlo's sitting on the stoop there, and he's, like, talking to his boys, trying to be a big shot. And Sonny and his boys pull up in the car, and Sonny gets out with the stick. Come here, come here, come here. He throws the stick at him and chases him across the street, throws him into the garbage cans and starts beating the you-know-what out of him. It was a side shot as opposed to a over-his-shoulder shot looking at this. So because Coppola did this from a side shot, you can see James Conn missing him by a foot and a no. half. No. Go back and look <laughs> oh, at The Godfather. Oh, Go no. back and look at that scene when, when, when James Conn throws him over into the garbage cans and takes the first pu- I'm sorry, but it just drives me crazy. And he starts, put, he starts punch, throwing punches, but the camera is off to the side. If it was behind James Conn and kind of angled where you could see him, it would look great. But because it was on the side you saw the fake punches thrown by James Conn. So you watch movies through a completely different lens. Well, this one was so blatant yeah. that if yeah. you know to look, you can see it. It's like the one I, I drove Garrett, uh, 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 Garrett crazy last year, those uh, Affleck commercials with Dion and Nick Saban. Nick Saban, and yeah. And there there's one of them. You go back and look at them. Oh, yeah. And it drove me crazy one, yeah. where Dion is actually getting in position to do his next shot, but it was in a wider scene where Nick Saban was, was delivering, really? delivering his lines, right? And you can see Dion off to the side get ready to do whatever it is he was doing next. And I pointed it out to Garrett, and Garrett's like, now you ruined that commercial for me because now I can't not, <laughs> I can't not look at that. Uh. So anyway, those are two examples of just little things having to do with 
you know, the industry. But, again, it just made me think about the pressure that that guy must have been under to get that movie done and to have those two blatant hiccups in the movie. I just want to throw that out there. Sam and Greg, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. I want to ask you guys a question as we move into the 9 o'clock hour, and we can talk more about this. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk NBA starting things off. We're going to talk Atlanta United with Jason Longshore uh, later on in the hour. But this week, as the NBA season ended, we got to hear Mark Jackson. We got to hear Jeff Van Gundy. But we got to hear a guy who made his way into the Hall of Fame this year, Mike Breen. My question is to you. I don't care what the sport is. Where does Mike Breen land as far as your top announcers? In other words, you're going you're gonna to put together your list of top five. Is he in it? Mine starts with Al Michaels. And I'll give you my, Al Michaels and, and Mike Tirico are my two. But my question is, as we come back, tell me, is Mike Breen in your five? And if not, give me your five. Let's give them to me anyway. But we're going to talk about that. I was thinking about that as he was exiting stage left uh, this past week. But, again, we got NBA talk coming up. we got Atlanta United and some other events happening this day. And we're going to maybe point you towards some Juneteenth celebrations, too, as we head on out of here. It is Sam and Greg on this Saturday morning. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 